Uh, what's up with the glasses, lady? Are you trying to look smart or are you finally getting old? Uh, finally getting old. No, um, I finally went and got my eyes tested after like, like three, four years. And I did it because I went, when I went down to my father-in-law's for Christmas, I brought a whole bunch of books and I read books without light sometimes you know like in the airport like in the airport or the airplane or like sitting on the couch while they were watching tv and my eyes got really strained so I said hey you know what it's been a while since I actually went and got my eyes tested maybe I should look at that and it's like it's not very it's not a very strong prescription but I should be wearing them and wearing them I have reading glasses as well and I went on Zenny and I got a pair of reading glasses these glasses and a pair of sunglasses I'm doing this because sunglasses are a little bit bigger and the reading glasses the arm is like super stiff and I took it to my dad who has like the little screwdrivers but I couldn't we couldn't even budget so I think they like heated the plastic up too much and it might have melted on me oh shit and then the sunglasses because you can choose your frames and everything and with sunglasses you can choose different colors and so I chose it and I got them and they're really not nice so I wrote to them and they're like oh no problem it's your first order keep them and we'll give you a store credit for both so what I did was order three more glasses so I have two pairs of reading glasses, two <laughs> glasses that I can wear all the time, and two pairs of sunglasses. Nice. And it cost me like a hundred bucks. That's amazing. My glasses cost yeah. me a fucking fortune. My one pair that I bought at like whatever it is here, Lens Crafters or something. Um, I know, but then why don't you order order them online? You can upload a photo of yourself. It's like all 3D and you can try glasses on. Because I can't see far away and I can't see very close. So my glasses are bifocal. Progressive. Yeah. They have bifocal and they have progressive. Oh, so they you do? you don't need the line. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mine are progressive. But speaking of. Um, yeah. I'm Okay. So you're going to send me the link to that. And then I'm going to tell you that your prescription is not very strong, but mine is so strong that um I posted a picture of myself the other day because I wanted to but also because I went to the hairdresser and you can't see right now but like I had her put in a bunch of highlights in all of the top of my hair so I wouldn't have like gray roots like I just wanted Mm. the whole top to be gray but I had her leave the whole bottom dark see I don't like have as that. much. I don't have as much gray. I'll just show you. I don't have as much gray. On, on, work on, it, girl. Work it under. See. So she brightened up the dark part, but then like highlighted the whole top, and then she put in like some silver and blue and whatever, and she had a good time. So I posted it on Instagram, and. Um, Joe, and you got a whole bunch of dick pics sent to your DMs. No, sadly, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Gross, I hate that shit. Um, but but Joe, like that later that day, was like looking at me, like 
almost like with pity, but also like with love and was like, you know, I just think you're beautiful. And I wish that you could see that and like not feel like you have to try to look like 30 years old and whatever. And I was like, what are you talking about? Because <laughs> like I just posted a picture of myself with gray hair on, on the internet. And she was like, well, like you could tell she was tiptoeing. And then she's like, did you use like a filter or Photoshop or something on your photo? And I was like, no, what are you, what are you talking about? And she was like, like looking at me like, mm, it's because your chin's not that skinny. And I was like, oh, no, it was just like an up angle, like down. Because I actually also sent the picture to my hairdresser because she wanted pictures of like the actual her job that she did. Right. I was like, it's just the angle. If you look down, like, look how skinny my chin. But like, if you look up, it's like huge. Not huge, but like it's wide. And then she was like, yeah. mm, it's because, Jen, you can see like that your cheek is like way skinnier. And then where your glasses are, it's like the actual width. And I was like, I am just really. Like, can you see right now, Megan? that my cheek is way fatter behind my glass. <laughs> and I was like, mm -hmm. I'm just blind. And these are my reading glasses at the bottom. So it totally magnifies. I was like, look, I'm Photoshopping myself in real life. Like, watch this. <laughs> she was just oh like, my oh. God. I thought, so she thought I had like tried to make the, my face skinnier and forgot the top half and like left my whatever anyways all this to say this that my glasses prescription is very strong and when I turn ever so slightly to the side my cheek is a different size behind my glasses than it is un un unglassed uh so that's funny but I, I actually panicked for a second like, your what, hair. what I want to have what you have for your hair because I want my white to grow out now. that's what I'm trying and I mean I don't have a lot so cats and I want like to do the, that. The toner, the, it was actually the blue and silver and stuff. They're just toners. So it's going to wash out and then it's just going to be my white hair. And it's like, not all my hair is white. Like here I have, like, you can see there's like dark, dark hair, but there's a lot of yeah. white hair. So I was like, I just want all the white to like grow in on top and then yeah. it can do its thing. Like it'll, the gray will come after, but like, at least it's all like, yeah white on the top and there's like no line of roots so yeah she did highlights yeah. and then just toned them like gray and silver and stuff um so now hopefully like I'll probably go back to have those highlights like toned a couple times just so they don't get brassy and too blonde because when I bleached out the whole front right. it started getting really brassy but uh hopefully mm -hmm. what's happening up here which she doesn't touch anymore is like what's going to happen all over the top. Mm. Yeah, so fun. I like it. Thanks. Yeah. Anyway, just that was funny because Joe was like, "You don't have to try and look 30. I'm like, I literally just posted a picture highlighting my gray hair to everyone. Gray hair. <laughs> like, yeah, not. and not as a trend. More like <laughs> I'm I'm trying to do as little upkeep and save my money and be possible. like fine with this whole transition as well. Like not like the opposite of like trying to be like a thirty year old. Um, yeah, there's like there's I don't know if they're a couple or if it's a brother and sister in council, but they're like in their seventies or eighties, 
and they must share the same box hair dye and it's carrot red and you can tell right and I mean it, it's kind of adorable because you're going oh it's, if it's a husband and wife and she's just you know I, I just picture her saying I don't want to waste the rest of this box. We can't do the rest. Like that's good dye. I'm putting down the sink or something. And he, he just says, you know what? I have a great idea. And they have matching carrot red hair. So it's kind of cute, but at the same time, I'm just like, Ooh, we have a friend. Like, people know about it. We have a friend, you and I, whose name I will not mention, who used to dye their hair red for many years. And every time I saw them, their hair was a totally different color of red. But like that, she, like one day it was orange, one mm. day it was burgundy. Like it was, like it was always these. Wait, are you but really loud? Are you are you talking about me? No. Okay, because when my, I my hair was red for a while. Well, I said to our friend, like you had strawberry blonde hair when you were younger, so I get like, you know, as we get older, like that vibrant color kind of gets duller. But like, why don't you try and like get that strawberry blonde brat like what 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 is your hairdresser doing mm. and she was like hairdresser <laughs> i would never i just buy whatever red is on sale at the pharmacy and i was like oh stop doing that i know right mm -hmm. but anyway now she's blonde um but you know what that story you just told is an excellent segue well and our friend who just only buys you was buying hair dye that was on sale um, to our topic of the day, which is dollars. Money. <laughs> which I'm so excited. The negative about. sign. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great that we're talking about this. I actually did a bunch of research. And um, I'm not surprised that you did a bunch of research. I know. I like to do mm. that. So I'll try not to be super nerdy, but man so today we're going to talk about money and spending and debt and our relationship to money and um i will just say that i have been well i've never been rich but i've been like really financially great like totally fine mm -hmm. uh, i had like super beautiful house that i rented for like a lot of money a long time ago with like new car and everything that I needed it paid for and whatever. And I've also been like a single mom on welfare with three kids and like going to the food bank and I'm not that person anymore, but I'm also not the person who had more than enough money <laughs> that she could have everything she wanted <laughs> all the time. Um, and I've been like, whatever, everything in between. So I've had a very, um, roller coaster relationship with money and wow my phone just notified me that you are that you oh that you're imagine that you're, yeah it's my budget it's like overdue imagine it's like mastercard um your mail is overdue uh it is all of a sudden your electricity goes out and we we can't even record anymore <laughs> I have been there. Um, so yeah, so I've had like, <laughs> fun, fun, good times with my feelings about money, but um, 
uh, I think it's really interesting that I was trying to think about what we should talk about on this recording. And then you texted me <laughs> what you texted me <laughs> about money. Just like, I can't remember what it was, but it was just like, oh, like sitting just at my budget. I want to throw up. Um, right. Because I am obsessed with Russell Brand and he is a recovering addict. And I, a few, well, several months ago, I heard him on a podcast with one of my other heroes, Rich Rule. And he was talking, they were both, they're both recovering addicts. So they were talking about recovery and Russell Brand was talking about how, you know, it used to be for his drug and alcohol addiction and porn addiction many years ago. I think he's been clean and sober since like 2000 and I don't know, three or something. And, mm-hmm. but that later in life, like he, he continued to apply the same sort of recovery steps and philosophies to how he was very codependent in relationships or like his other relationships with whatever fame and and things like that. And so I got like a sample membership. um, I just call it a sample membership, a trial free trial to like this website called commune or one commune or something. And it's just like a wellness. Have you heard of it? Just like a wellness hub the the motions that you're making though makes it sound very hippy dippy that's how it feels to me so anyways russell brand is one of the teachers on this like hub of it has like yoga classes and meditation practices and things like that but it also has like lectures and so kind of like a those master classes exactly online exactly okay yeah. So Russell Brand gives one and it's a 12 step recovery program. And um, at first I was sort of hesitant to do it because I didn't, I felt like it was weird that he was like basically giving like AA classes on this paid app thing. But because I'm obsessed mm-hmm. with him, I participated anyways. And it's really interesting. And he basically just takes you through the 12 steps and gives you like worksheets to fill out and stuff like that. And I did it for two reasons. One, um, well, not for drug and alcohol uh, uh, abuse, obviously, but, uh, or not obviously maybe. Um, (laughs) But uh, I did it for two things. One was related to like relationships and how I function in relationships. so primarily like my lack of personal boundaries and what that leads to. And then I also did it about money and my relationship to money, but I wasn't sure how to apply it. Cause I don't think I'm a, like a spendaholic or like a, I'm not a gambler or whatever, but I just thought I would try it. So I did the 12 step program. It was super helpful and super interesting. And we can talk about it some other time. But I was in the middle of doing this program when I got your text message talking about your budget. And that's why I was like, let's talk, yeah. let's talk about money. Let's do it. Let's yeah. do this. So um, let's do this. So yeah. And then, you know, I'll just say right away, in case anyone hasn't already figured this out, like we're not experts in this area. 
and you don't need to listen to anything that we have to say. I have no guidance for anyone, but I just wanted to kind of explore it. So yes, I did a bunch of research. Um, But if if any of our listeners have tips and tricks or anything like that, we're always willing to listen. Yeah, bring it. But don't but don't come at us going, oh my God, I've lost all my money after listening to your podcast because we are not giving advice. Yeah, Jen told me to be more complaining about. Yeah, and I am not the person to like, this is my current project. I'm trying to find out if I can get a grant for like a tourism, like financing so I can buy a motel. Megan, Every morning I get up in the morning and like I shit's like, creek. Yes. You don't understand. Can I be your I want to be your Moira? You yeah, <laughs> yes. Um <laughs> uh normally in the mornings I like get up and do whatever, journal and obsess over my to-do list and drink coffee and throw stuff at the dog and whatever. And this morning <laughs> I made coffee and I turned on the TV, which I never do ever during the daytime, ever. And I sat down and I watched with my coffee this morning, the entire season of Motel Makeover. I don't think I've ever, I've never even heard of that. I, and now you're obsessed. I am obsessed and I want to buy a motel. Uh, But that's, that's another (laughs) podcast episode. (sighs) So, yeah, so so don't listen to me about financial advice because I'm ready to, like, go into debt, like, millions of dollars just so I can own my own shit's Creek. So, uh, but, yeah, if you guys have any advice for us, lay it on because we uh, could uh, obviously use some advice. That's why we're talking about this today. Or if, or if anybody knows of cheap motel that's for sale as well. Jen may be interested. I am definitely interested. (laughs) Megan, I even tried to find one in your neighborhood. Megan, I have not found one. So, um, not in your actual neighborhood, but like in your area, geographically speaking in the townships. Did Mm. you know that no one knows for sure who first invented money, but Historians believe metal objects were first used as money as early as 5,000 BC. Hmm. And the first, let's see, the earliest known mints, like any evidence that they have of actual money being produced, date to 650 and 600 BC in Asia Minor, it says, where um, the elites used stamp silver and gold coins to pay armies. So money and war have gone together forever, yeah. basically. Um, I don't know about you, Megan, but I hate money. I don't have a good Me relationship. too. Do you? I, I, I'm just... No. So saddened by how many lives are ruined by this thing that we invented. Like we invented this thing that now rules our lives and decides if people are like homeless or not. It it baffles me. Yeah. 
it's like it reminds me of no that's dumb everything reminds me of the emperor's new clothes i'm obviously traumatized by that book but the thing is <laughs> it's like we're all slaves to this thing that we created that doesn't make any yeah. sense to me. it makes no sense to me like people have taken their own lives over it they are homeless because of it they're like other people have so much status even though they have no brains donald trump because they seem to have it like it's 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 crazy to me so i know like there have been like big financial gurus and stuff like that who have put out books and done talks and stuff saying like that you need to get past that part where money's evil and like just like welcome it and manifest it into your life and blah 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 and if you don't have a good relationship with money you'll never have any but like i have a really hard time wrapping my head around that you don't think that if you won the lottery you your views would change on that i hate the lottery i just want to win the lottery i know a lot of people who want to win the lottery i hate the lottery because i feel like the lottery exploits that desperation that i was just talking about and it like people mm. again lo like lose their yeah. homes and their families and stuff over like throwing all their money at the lotto praying for that lucky break that they're going to have to like solve all their problems and and the lotto like they make m money exploiting like desperate people so yeah it makes me sad there's a winner I... sorry no go ahead there's a winner oh, the winners like the store there's a winners winners in cozy loop <laughs> yeah and you, if you go from the parking lot up upstairs into Winners, you can get into the building through this, like, like it's a lotto bar, like, you know, with the machine, the gambling. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't matter what time of day you go through there. It's so sad. It's pitch black in there. And there's like just tons of people sitting at the machines looking miserable, just like playing their chances all like they're there yeah. as soon as it opens. It's so, so sad. I can't even stand walking through there. Like I won't. Um, and, you know, whatever, like I have always been with people who bought lottery, lottery tickets. I know, like, I don't, I don't fault people for buying them. I just like, I just hate like lotto Quebec. Like I hate that the people who created this and and put it out there because I but yes so to answer your question if I won the lottery of course I'd be happy to have that money but I would still feel weird about how I got it because I would know that that money like is a bunch of money that belonged to all these sad desperate people who were hoping that this was going to be their lucky break like it would be I would feel mm -hmm. weird um I'd have a hard time separating myself from where that money came from not because I'm such an amazing person with such a big heart just because I have like serious guilt issues <laughs> I need to that I need to work so this this episode this episode is off to a really chipper start sorry guys it is about money though money yeah. um so yeah it's weird but people have different okay cool so speaking of different people's feelings about money what do you like, what is your feeling about money? 
for myself, I don't think that I know that we weren't um, taught enough in school about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know if they do that now, but like home ec shouldn't just be um, baking and sewing a pair of shorts mm-hmm. and knowing how to read the um, laundry and stuff, you know, washing instructions on stuff. My dad had to show me how to write a check. I did, you know, I did learn how to write a check and how to make a balanced budget when I was in home ec, but I was born in 1805. But what I, (laughs) what I didn't learn was really important stuff. Like I didn't even, I know, I didn't know what a credit score was until I was like in my, I'd heard of it. I heard people talk about it, but I didn't understand what it was until I was well into my thirties. Yeah, or the high interest of student loans, or how to look at your bank, you know, your credit card statement. And if it says $5,000, it's not because you have $5,000 in your account. It's because you owe that $5,000. It should be at zero, not at a higher number. Exactly. And my first credit card I got when I was in college, because there was like literally credit card companies sitting at tables like on the first day right. of school, they all came to like prey on us and they're like, want a credit card? And I was like, I don't think I qualify for that. I'm just a student. And they're like, of course you do. And I didn't. And you'll get a free bag if you sign up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a free tote bag or a fanny pack, I guess it was. Anyway, so <laughs> so like they, but I, I lost that credit card for the dumbest reason. I didn't even max it out, but I had spent some money on it. And I got a bill and it was like eight bucks. And I was like, oh yeah, I should pay that. Then like the next month I got another one. I was like, you owe $16 plus like your late fee. And I was like, oh shoot. Yeah, I need to pay that. And then the third month, I guess it was like whatever it amounted to then because it, there was like interest now and late fees and whatever. Right. So for like, well, I can't even do math. <laughs> but for the dumbest amount of money, my card was revoked or whatever, canceled. Canceled. And my credit took yeah. a hit. Not that I understood what that meant at the time. But beca- because of non-payment of like the minimum pay- payments, but like I was young and dumb and just like, oh, it's only $8. Like they're not going to cut me off for not paying $8 or $16 or whatever. I didn't. $8. Right. So that was just so stupid. Cause literally at that point I had probably charged a pizza, like probably less than what I owe. <laughs> like, like probably the amount that I owed them was like literally a pizza plus interest. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, it, it was just like dumb. And then I was like, Oh, well, I guess I don't have a credit card anymore. Like I didn't really understand the implications or like how hard it would be to get a credit card a little bit later when I really like felt that I needed one or other things or that landlords were going to be like, you have bad credit. Like I I didn't understand all these things were connected. (laughs) So, um, yes. And then as I mentioned earlier about having been like a single mom on welfare, uh, all my bills were always late for many years because I was 
like struggling to feed these people and how's that just trying to get by. Yeah, exactly. And I was always getting disconnection notices and paying at the last second before they would cut us off or sometimes after, and then having to pay a reconnection fee as well. And, um, so like not that long ago, but like, I guess around the time my kids finally had all moved out, which wasn't long ago. Um, I went to ask somebody, how do I fix my terrible credit? And by, at that point, they're like, you don't have terrible credit. Like I was talking to a, at my bank or something. And they're like, you don't have terrible credit. You just don't have like any credit. Like you're just at zero. <laughs> like you're not like, it's not yeah, terrible it's credit. Not a it's not a negative. Like, you don't exist. Like you you're not, you, you just don't have any credit score basically at all. Um, so uh yeah so I got like a secure credit card and started like making a little then I existed I could look on Equifax like oh look I'm a person I'm there because before that they were like you don't have a credit score you're just you're not you don't exist so that was interesting um I will say like one thing for me, I, we did grow up like pretty poor when I was young. So we didn't like often get new stuff. It was usually used stuff. Um, I moved out when I was a teenager, like super, super poor, like literally being 15 years old and living out like, you know, in the world with no parents, uh, that was hard. And then, um, having like as you know, and our regular listeners know, I have like 800 parents and I had one parent who kept always saying to me, like, and still to this day says, the only way you'll ever have money is if you win the lottery or marry a rich person. So like, I really had this like poverty mentality. And then I would like, get money, like get a paycheck and like go spend all of it. Cause I'd be like, like, I would have like queen for a day syndrome. You know what I mean? Like right. get my hair done. Yeah. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to go to the, get like new lipstick. I'm going to go out for dinner. I'm going to buy a new outfit. Like, and then all of a sudden I'm broke as shit for the next two weeks again, or I'm late now on my phone bill or whatever. But it was like, this really like, I don't want to feel poor. Like I, I just, Right. I, I yeah, have money. Yeah. I, I don't want to feel poor. I want to feel like I can be a normal person. So, um, but I also always lived in the city. So I'm curious because I know you grew up like in a small town. Was that like a like was it pretty apparent to you like who had money, who didn't have money? Like was that a thing out there or or not so much? Not that I can remember. Like, I'm just trying to think of like, you know, going to school. I mean, you knew which kids were living in the welfare blocks, but I mean, it was, it wasn't the way that they uh, dressed or um, like, I can't remember any of the kids that I knew were in welfare, like dress bad. It was more their attitude. They were just shitty people. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, <laughs> no, but they, they were like, they were the bullies. They were the one, mm. I, you know, they had to make up for what they didn't have. I think I'm probably, you know, felt, so I probably it, felt really insecure, like probably like, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, no, that's it. I can't really, 
I can't really think of a time where, and I mean, where I am, there's no private schools in the town. There's a private school in Granby um, or like closer to Sherbrooke, but there's no, there was no, uh, you know, get, trying to get out of elementary school and hoping that your parents put you in private school. It just, mm-hmm. it was, you know, you just went to the public school. There was no trying to figure out where to go. Do you remember what your your parents, like, do you remember what their sort of relationship with money was like? Um, my mom's not good with money. Like, I I know that. Do you remember them talking about it though? No, no, I don't remember that. I just know that, you know, my mom always wanted you know, I, we would go and get everything new for school and she'd go shopping and have her hair done. Um, nothing like over the top, but I knew I was probably better off than some kids. Mm-hmm. Like going on vacation, even in the summer, no summer vacation. We weren't going to Disney World. We weren't ever getting on a plane, but we always had one, whether it was in New Hampshire to go to Santa's Village or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like the great escape or something, you know, yeah. but I mean, so I knew I was better off than some of the kids that I went to school with, but it was never, uh, I was, I knew I wasn't, uh, you know, the ones where I was going to get given a car. Like right. that was the first time I realized that there was kids like that in my first year of college when they would show up in their Mercedes or their Lexus and like, how do you afford that? And then you just realize, Oh no, it's mommy and daddy that pay for it. And even though they live in the West Island, they're still going to pay for you to have a nice studio apartment downtown. It's like, what? Like the only reason why I had a nicer apartment is because my mom was scared shitless. I was going to get stabbed and raped if I had a basement apartment downtown. It's like, <laughs> no, you're not. Like, she wanted me within walking distance. Like I was on St. Mark, like in between St. Catherine and Maisonneuve, mm-hmm. third story. That was safe. We went and looked at one and I think he was like on Matsu or Ford or something. And it was like the basement apartment. It was cute, but it was, you know, the window that you have to, you can see everybody's feet basically walking yeah. by, you know, it, you know, and my mom's just like, oh no, this isn't safe. <laughs> That's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember that, like seeing that on TV, like the kids, the super rich kids, like that, I like I was a teenager in the eighties. So there was tons of those movies about like the rich kids who like would get like the car for their birthday and stuff like that. And it was like, to me, those kids were only kids who lived in like the Valley, you know, like Hollywood kids, like that's not a real thing here. Right. And then like, like I when remember, you think about the breakfast club, <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I was just thinking about. And then I was like pretty punk rock as a teenager. And I'm like, one of my best friends was like super punk rock and like dyed black hair, really Gothic, like, you know, just looked like any of us rugrats and then I went to her house for dinner one time and I was like their house was on the beach 
it was a mansion. Her dad was like a lawyer. I can't remember his, her, mom, her mom just was like having babies all the time. And like, it was literally a mansion. It was an actual mansion. It was crazy. And they invited wow. me to go live with them for a while. And they did. And it was the weirdest. It was very, very, very brief, but it was just, it, I, I couldn't, like, I was just shocked when I walked. I'm like, you live here. <laughs> this is real like yeah why do you look homeless <laughs> exactly <laughs> anyway she was the sweetest but uh obviously money is not you know they, they had their issues and uh, it was not not pretty but like it I was just shocked that it actually like to really see it in real life it was just like oh my god this yeah. is actually a thing um and what's interesting too is I do parents tell little boys all you have to do is find a rich girlfriend it's always the women that get told that right like oh you just just find yourself a rich husband mm -hmm. no no boys get told to find a beautiful wife that will make him babies basically I think or That's a wife true. that at least won't just take all his money and run um mm. yeah it's weird. right we're still we're, we're supposed to find the rich husband and the rich guy is supposed to make sure we sign a prenup. <laughs> exactly. The rich guy is supposed to run like hell when he sees us coming. Um, I, I was asking you too about your parents. No. because I don't remember my parents really like your dad taught you how to um, write a check or whatever. And, mm -hmm. but like, I don't remember. I, I heard like, we don't can't afford that or it's too expensive or you don't really need that. But I'd never heard conversations about like paying bills or how what was our rent or like any or like or the mortgage exactly. or whatever. Like, yeah, and I, I find it interesting because I know some parents, I'm sure I leaned on the oversharing with my kids as a result of that, like would be like, no, I have a hydro bill to pay and I'm really broke right now. So like stop stressing me out about money. But like I like, I know people who like overshare, like, I'm so scared. We're going to be evicted, whatever. And then like other parents who just don't talk about money to their kids at all, which I think is as much of a disservice. Right. Cause like, good, you're not stressing your kids out about your finances and making them worry about you, but you're not giving them any picture of reality. You're not giving them any idea what they are going to be dealing with. And yeah. like, so these kids are then going to go in. The, they have no idea how much it costs to buy groceries or pay a hydro bill or, or how to budget yeah. or what their credit score is or like any of that kind of stuff. And, mm -hmm. you know, so I, I find that interesting too. I, I just don't, I don't, I, I, like I was definitely taught that you shouldn't just like waste money and you need to be careful with it. But that, I think that was pretty much the extent of it. Like, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't even think I fully conceptualized what yeah. that means. So, um, and I know some people, well, I think it's really interesting how everybody is very different because I have a friend who has plenty of money, like really a good amount of money. Plus they will inherit, like they're an only child. Their parents have made sure that they will be fine. Like they're not going to be super rich, but they'll inherit a house and they'll inherit like savings and, and, you know, stuff like that. Like they won't have to worry at all about anything. And, but this person is so intense about money and is always like, oh no, I can't like, won't, won't, um, 
like I get not buying a new car. I wouldn't buy a new car unless I won the lotto. Uh, like I get buying a used car or like, you know, yeah, whatever. But, but, but this person is like, I can't afford a new car or I can't afford these things, or I can't afford that. They live in like the cheapest apartment in the whole city. And it's so tiny and uncomfortable. Like it's the size of a, like, it's a cat house. It's not a human house. And they're like, Oh, I can't afford a bigger apartment. And it's like, but you can. And I mean, why would you put yourself, like, why would you be living like that when you could like, no money can't buy happiness, but wouldn't you want to at least be comfortable? Yeah. And I know, know, and and what's, you know, what's if you die tomorrow? Like, Exactly. And I definitely, like I said, ha- like have ha- a bad tendency to lean towards the like queen for a day mentality. Um, but, but that sort of scarcity mindset of always feeling that, that there's not enough, even when you're okay, like money creates such stress and anxiety for people. And it's like, I don't understand why mm-hmm. people who have it freak out about it. And I actually, yeah. even, I do have, I know millionaires who stress about money and I'm like, what is your problem? <laughs> what is your problem? Right. Like, well, we have all this, like whatever they have to manage, like the real estate and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, but why did you create more stress for yourself with all your money? <laughs> like, I don't yeah. Know. And I mean, it can be anything too. I mean, how many people stay in relationships because they can't afford to leave? So many so many and also it's like, one, one of the leading causes of divorce is is fighting about money so there's like tons money. of people stay yeah. in relationships because of money and then there's a whole bunch of other people who leave relationships just mostly yeah. because of money and it's and again that's yeah. when they start being like we invented this people <laughs> like it's not yeah. it's not real it's not like earth water food shelter it's it's a thing we invented to make ourselves insane um when i was researching i did find um like some tips that people had for couples who have um like stress around money and i have talked to a million i've had my own stress around money but I, and i've also had friends like so many friends and and i have three daughters who are adults now so like it's so interesting listening to people talk about how they deal with finances with their partner from like people who, Oh, we have a joint bank account. We just throw all the money in and like, we take out what we need to other people where like, I knew this couple and the, the woman in the couple, it was like a man and a woman. So like the woman would, she wasn't working when she first, when she was pregnant and first had given birth and her, Mm -hmm partner was working and he would still like buy a bag of oranges and like put the receipt on the fridge and like circle the total and then like divide it in half like she owed him half the oranges and I was like you birthed his child who is nursing off your body and he wants you to pay for half the oranges like and she wasn't like that like if the kid needed diapers or if or ear drops or something she would just buy it she wouldn't put the receipt on the on the fridge for him, but I was just like, you're a family that it baffles me. But, um, I did find that. Or there's, the- there's also like, Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. What no, but then there's, there's also the relationship where one of them has full control. Like I, I, I know women that actually give their husbands allowances 
And it's not because they, they're not good with money. It's just, Same. that's the way Same. it is. I know some, you know, and, and, sometimes and it's, it's not even, a, I'm the, sure there's like a, like maybe it happens more with men or women or whatever thing, but I do know men who his, I know a man, for example, who his money goes directly into his wife's bank. His paycheck goes like, she controls all the money and, mm-hmm. um, and he doesn't care. He's like, I'm terrible with money. I don't want to know when the bills are due. Like I, I will go make the money, but I don't want to have to think about it. And he's totally fine with that. And it doesn't bother him because she doesn't, she's not weird about like, if he's like, like he's a smoker, for example. So he doesn't have to say like, please, can I please have money to go buy cigarettes? Like he, he, he has an allowance also. He knows what his budget is. It's very clear for him. And then she takes care of the groceries, the bills, the rent, the whatever. Right. I also know people in relationships who feel completely and again, it's some families who have hardly any money and it's some couples who have heaps of money where like mm-hmm. the partner controls all the money. So like she has to be like, she has to feel shitty. Like every time she spends money, he can see. And he's like, was this really Did necessary? Really yeah. Like, oh, she gets a membership somewhere. The gym say, and like, he's like, do you, you don't even like, do you even go to the gym? Like what do you even do there? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just like, it doesn't look like you've been working yeah. out. I shouldn't be paying for this or whatever their thing is. And, mm. and that's, I don't know. That's, that's, it's a, it's crazy making. Um, so, and I used to know a couple that had a, only a joint account and only one bank card. So if, if the oh spouse my. was off doing something, the other spouse just couldn't like, if you were like, do you want to go for brunch? They were like, I, I can't. <laughs> until my until my partner comes home and gives me money yeah um so what I found for tips for people um if you have a difference in your income because that's another thing as well that can cause a huge amount of stress like if two people are in a relationship making very different incomes like one of them might mm-hmm. be living large while the other one is like scraping to get by if they're cutting like their expenses right down the middle like so I found that a lot of people do like a percentage thing. So for example, like um, John earns $2,000 a month. That's like 33% of their household um, income. Kevin makes $4,000 a month. That's 66%. So John pays 33% of their expenses and Kevin pays 66% of their expenses. Okay. Uh, Another tip was like putting all your money combining all your money uh not thinking about who's making or paying more than the other just putting all the money in the pot deciding in advance like we each get a hundred dollars a month to like do our own thing the rest of it is like our joint money so that's our expenses our vacation our dinners out together whatever that all comes out of the pot but they decide like they agree like they both get the same amount of money it's not like oh you made less money than me so you only get to spend $20 this month, <laughs> but I'm going to go spend a hundred and get my hair done and go out for lunch with my friends or whatever. Right. Um, and then one of the like tips for like how to um, like sort of deal with that. The, if there's like financial disparity is like um, make sure that you're still both having equal say in the decision. So like what you were saying, like she basically is totally oppressed, has no money, can't do anything fun and doesn't make any of the decisions because she's not making the money. 
Like that's a huge no. Like, so even if your partner makes, you know, $300,000 a year and you make 20,000 in a year, that doesn't make you less, um, equal of a partner in in the decision-making about the finances. It's not like, Oh, you don't get to decide because you don't make any of the money. So it's not, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, to set financial goals together and then to like play on your strengths. So like, like the couple I said, where one of them's like, I am so bad with money. I'm I don't, I don't, she can deal with it. <laughs> I don't care. Like if yeah. you have one of you is really good at it and the other one's not like, it's not a bad thing to be like, how about I don't put us in debt and you handle this stuff? Like, I'll give you the money you figure it out as long as it's, yeah. as long as that's the reason, like, as long as it's not because your partner's like, no, I'm the man and you're the woman or no, I make more money than you. So I get to decide, you know, like, so it's not a control thing. It's like, no, we've decided these are our strengths. Like I cook, he pays the bills, like whatever your thing is. So, um, yeah. And also like one of the things I was thinking about too, which goes like with all of that stuff too, is the amount of shame that that people can feel in those situations. So like a lot of people feel a lot of shame because they don't have any money, which is really sad and shitty. And I wish they didn't, um, including myself. Um, But a lot of people also feel shame about money, like in those situations that we were talking about. Like, so this couple might be really well off, but the one who has no say or no control just feels ashamed or the one who makes less money feels ashamed or I don't know. Some people I imagine even make more money and feel uncomfortable because their partner doesn't make as much as them and they feel guilty. Like, Oh, you work really hard and you make $30,000 a year. And like, you're working just as hard as I am. And I'm making like four times as much money as you. Like, I'm sure there's some people who feel uncomfortable about that too. Like, um, so yeah, I think it can bring on like it, it can do a number on people. That's for sure. And I mean, it's also life choices too, right? So, you know, we don't have kids. So we're viewed a little bit different with, from our friends that do have kids where it's like, oh, you guys get to go on a trip again. But it's like, they don't think it's like, yeah, but we don't have extra mouths to feed. We're not having to pay for daycare. We don't have to, um, you know, there's no soccer. There's no this. There's no that. It's just the two of us. And we also don't need a babysitter. So we can just up and leave anytime we want. So I think people view certain people's actions thinking that they have money. You know I what I mean? I think we should like, yeah, 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 for sure. Like I, I, I have a friend who is, is single ish. Like she's in a long distance relationship. She has her own business. She has her own um, apartment, but she grew up in a poor family and her parents, she can afford it. She can afford to travel. She travels a few times a year. That's how she stays sane so that she runs her business and doesn't like jump off a bridge. Like she lives in Montreal. Right you know, we live in Quebec, it's freezing cold here, like, you know, whatever, 11 months mm-hmm. out of 12, <laughs> like, she needs to get out of Seriously. here from time to time, she has enormous pressures on her, and she travels, and even if she didn't have enormous pressures, those are her choices, 
but her parents do what you're saying. Oh, must be nice going on another vacation. But she's like, it's not my fault that you a chose to have children and b manage your money terribly and c just have a different life than me. Like, I'm sorry that you, even if it wasn't your fault, I'm sorry, you have different circumstances than, than, than I have, but, but I don't need to feel like, she's like, I feel so bad for her. Sometimes she's traveling and she's like not telling them until the very last second because it's st- it's stressing her out. I'm like, I can't believe it's stressing you out to tell your parents you're going to Mexico. She's like, you don't understand. Like right away, they're going to be like, whoa, yeah. Mexico, little Miss Moneybags gets to go to Mexico. Didn't you just go to Cuba six months ago or whatever, you know? And so it's sad. Yeah, that's like it. Feeling guilty. Like, sorry for not being poor and starving. Like, I don't. And she's and not, and you know, she's not like a creepy, you know, money hungry person. She's just like working yeah. hard. Yeah. And I mean, you know, she, she sounds like us, like we don't live above our means. Like we don't have some fancy house, you know, it needs a lot of work. I mean, we just, you know, we don't have brand new cars, you know, mine's, you know, I bought, it's new to me, but I mean, it's five years old. Yeah, no, I mean, she's just, she's the same. She's not living, she's not driving around in a brand new BMW. Like she's not exactly. living beyond her means either. She's, you know, and she has months where she's struggling and, oh, you know, if say business isn't great that month or whatever, like she has to make sacrifices just like everybody. Yeah, exactly. Um, and also I think we should do a whole podcast about kids. Uh, and uh, because I recently on Facebook posted the, like the question to the world, like, why do you not have, why do you hate children? And um, no, no, why do you hate them? But why do you not like children? And um, it was for a comedy bit that I'm writing, but tons of people wrote to me and most of them were parents, which was really interesting because most people wrote to me to tell me why having kids is a terrible idea. Have kids. Um, But I think we should do an episode on it just because like, I, I think that it, it, it it's worth it and and so interesting yeah. like, people's different perspective on it but I think that too Megan like you must if you haven't heard it I imagine people have thought this about you just to give you something to be stressed out about um like I think people generally think that people who don't have kids who are spending their money on themselves and vacationing uh and whatever renovating your house or buying new clothes or whatever are, oh well, mm-hmm. that's because they're selfish because they only want to. Yeah. You know, they're just they just want to spend their money on themselves and they don't know what it's like to have to yeah. raise a family and and it's like, okay, well, that's our life choice. <laughs> exactly, and I mean it's not. That's it. There's a a really good podcast I listen to. Um, it's the um, the shit no one tells you about writing. So. Uh, I don't yeah with the host uh, Bianca she's she's really good mm-hmm. and her and her husband don't have kids either and she was talking about she said you know she one of those typical times where someone's like oh you know they find out that they don't have kids and they say oh uh, like tells the husband and it's like oh you don't like it you don't like kids and he's like it's not that I don't like them it's just I can't eat a whole one <laughs> like he just <laughs> really good. Uh, but like we've been at parties where Jesse was at one of his friends parties 
and everybody had a kid, at least one, and they're all running around. And, you know, they're, I don't know why people feel the need to make a comment like, oh, when is it your time? I, I think it's worse to women than it is to men. So I was yeah. a little surprised that Jesse got approached about it. And they're like, oh, you know, doesn't it, like, doesn't it bother you that you're not going to have kids? And do you find it sad and stuff? And Jesse's like, oh, yeah, real sad. And he takes out his money that he has and he starts trying to pat down his fake tears on his cheeks. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, because I have to spend all this money just on me. Um, but it's, it's so I, like, I don't know why people, yeah, they just put those two together. It's just like, no, we made our decision. We're not living above our means. We don't need name brands. Yes, sometimes it would be nice to, you know, when I see the nice Mercedes G-Wagon, yes, I would like to have that. But then when I find out the price, I'm just like, even if it's 15 years old, I still can't afford it. I so think sometimes just... too, like I, I would love to have like, what, I don't know. My favorite cars are like um, Land Rovers and Jaguars. So like you can imagine how expensive right? it would be yeah. to buy one of those like full price. And, and I think like, well, only if I was super rich, but then I'm like, but even still, like, how do you feel if you look at that number and you're like, I'm putting this much money on a car <laughs> I would be so worried about it at all times I would too but I would like, also be embarrassed it? I would oh. be a bit embarrassed I'd be like I, I don't know I don't know how much money I would have to donate to starving children to feel like I could spend like a hundred thousand dollars on a car you know like and not feel like a, <laughs> a, a totally superficial asshole um not saying that people who buy those cars are superficial assholes. I'm talking about my own shit. No. But, um, but yeah. It but was... speaking of cars, like the gas price, I don't know what it is in Montreal, but it's $1.80 down here. Same. Oh, yay. We're coming out of the pandemic. Well, coming out of the pandemic. They're lifting restrictions, but now we can't afford gas to go anywhere. It's really gross. Um, in addition to obscene gas prices, other common things, by the way, allegedly, according to a bunch of websites, more than 40% of Americans and more than 50% of Canadians overspend every single year, a lot by a lot. The I'm reason- surprised to see the other way around. I thought it would be Americans spending more. It's just what I found. Canadians. Just what I found. Oh, okay. Again, listeners, I'm okay. not an expert, but this is what I, the general consensus. Uh, reasons <laughs> for this included uh, exorbitant gas prices, obviously. Um, easy, how easy it is to access credit cards now, which, as you said earlier, let you spend yeah. more money than you actually make. So, like, obviously, yeah. you, whatever. And then you're making your minimum payments and you're, and then you're getting like interest and late fees and whatever. Um, easy access to cash, which is like a weird thing to say to like at least millennials and younger is, but it didn't use, you couldn't just tap your card all over the place or go to ATM machines. People used to have to go to the bank, make a withdrawal, like decide in advance, how much am I going to take out? And like, that was the money they were going to spend that week. But now like we have debit cards and not only that we have tap, like you don't even have to think. And, and I think a lot of us don't want to think. 
Like we just tap it and like, quick, hurry up, pay for this before I change my mind and realize I'm making a big mistake. Or um, even at the grocery store, it's like, you know, you leave with four bags and it was $200 and you're like, where? I bought and one I mean, and a half bags of groceries at IGA the other day, $70. Yeah. Craziness. Yeah. Um, other reasons, social climbing. So like that pressure to keep up with the Joneses, like, so whether it's your peers, your family members, coworkers, and even on social media, like a lot of people feel like, you know, they have to live above their means. Unlike what you yeah. were saying, but you and Jesse, a lot of people feel like if their clothes are not brand name or they're not, you know, looking whatever way, then that people are judging them and it makes them feel super insecure and uncomfortable. I would add also to the easy access to cash. There's just like easy access to everything. Cause now like you can't even go on Instagram without seeing stuff shop now, like, and you can buy it right that second, like in two seconds. Yes. I want that. Yes. I need another 800th pair of yoga pants. Yes. I definitely want a weird composting machine that I don't even have a garden, but like, sure. And that definitely got worse during the pandemic because we're all stuck at home. You can't, so you have to do your online shopping. Even, you know, you had to do it for groceries at one point because it's like there, you have to stand in line. Do I really want to stand in line when it's, you know, August and it's 40 degrees outside? No. Okay. So I'll just order online. But while you're waiting, it's like, oh, well, I'll just go into my other tab and order this. And, you know, I kind of like, I kind of got fat from not doing anything at home and baking all the time, all this damn bread. So, you know what, I'm going to buy some yoga pants. And it's like, oh, yoga pants, you know what I also need? Even if you're just buying groceries, like Like you're not, you don't have to walk down all the aisles and go look for the stuff that it's just right in front of you. So it's so easy to click click, click, click. It's right there. Like it's really easy. It's just like too easy. Um, okay. So speaking of that, another common reason is retail therapy. So like spending to self soothe or cope or manage unpleasant emotions, um, anxiety, low self-esteem. So again, back to the thing that I just said about people feeling like they have to upkeep whatever image poor or no budgeting skills, which we talked about too. Like some people just really don't know what a budget is or how to do it or what makes sense and what you're or ever look at their bank account balance or ever. uh, Yeah. And I'm guilty of that. Sometimes, sometimes I, I I know payments are coming out of my account. I just don't want to know about it. Like I'm, it stresses me out, but that's terrible because then I look and then I'm like, you didn't have enough money in your account for that to go through (laughs) and you weren't paying attention. So that was dumb because now you also have like an NSF on top of it. Um, Yeah. That used to happen to me all the time. It's not that bad now it's been a long time, but like for a while there, it was just like, Oh my God, like this $13 charge went through and now I have to pay $45 because it, I didn't have the $13 in my rate account or whatever, like really dumb. Um, and then compulsive spendings. So that's like a serious addiction to spending money, uh, or, and you know, debt going into debt. So like, um, which there's actual support groups for, which I talked about earlier. So like Spenders Anonymous, which is support for people who um, impulsively shop like crazy or shop not just more money than they earn because some people actually have the money, but it's still destructive that they're just like spending it all willy nilly. Um, and then Debtors Anonymous, oh. <laughs> which is people who are in the habit of creating uncontrolled debt and financial responsibilities that they can't handle. So I went 
and looked for, in case anyone's curious, 15 questions to ask yourself. If anyone who's listening is like, hmm, am I a compulsive spender or um, compulsive debtor? So Megan, yes, I haven't even looked at these questions. Okay. So you can just, do you have a pen and a paper? I do. So I'm going to ask you a list of questions and you're just going to mark, like just make a mark for everyone that the answer is yes on your paper. Ready? Okay. Mm -hmm. Are your debts making your home life unhappy? Your debts or your spending making your home life unhappy? Does the pressure of your debt or spending distract you from like your daily work? Like, do you think about it when it's not even happening? Are your debts affecting your reputation? I don't know exactly what that means, but anyone who's listening can figure that out for themselves. Um, Do your debts cause you to think less of yourself? Sorry, not just your debts, your spending. Have you ever given false information in order to obtain credit? Have you ever made unrealistic promises to your creditors? Does the pressure of your debts or your spending make you careless about the welfare of your family? Do you ever fear that your employer, your family, your friends, et cetera, will learn the extent of your total debt or spending? I guess that can mean like that you hide a certain purchases from your partner, but it can also mean like if your family or friends realize that you're like $30,000 or hundreds of thousands of dollars right. of debt, or like it can be huge, like you've remortgaged the house, or I think it can also just be that you like take the tags off stuff and throw it in the garbage and just kind of sneak it into your closet. So people don't know that you bought it. When faced with a difficult financial situation, does the prospect of borrowing money give you an inordinate, inordinate feeling of relief? When faced with a difficult financial situation, Oh, I guess that's like the idea that, oh, if I can borrow money, then I'll feel relieved. That oh, hurts. okay. I feel like that would just stress me out more. It does stress me out more. Same. I've borrowed money, as you know, and it stresses me out. Does the pressure of your debt cause you to have difficulty sleeping or your spending? Has the pressure of your debt or spending ever caused you to consider getting drunk? I haven't thought of that, but maybe I, I should. I've never thought of that Wait, either. But I can't afford the booze. No, <laughs> yeah. Thank God. Um, have you ever borrowed money? What? Have you ever borrowed money, I guess, or put something on your credit card without giving adequate consideration to the rate of interest that you will have to pay? Always. I never think about the interest. <laughs> I'm like... That's There's cool. interest on whatever it takes for me to have this thing or to borrow this money or do whatever. Do you usually expect a negative response? And it says, have you ever, it doesn't say like, do you always it just says, have you ever, okay. do you usually expect a negative response when you are subject to a credit check? But yeah, that could well, just be anxiety. I'm also, a pessimist. <laughs> exactly. When I use my debit card and I know I have money in the bank, I still go, oh. Like, you know, it's going it to be that approved, one time, but it says approved. I'm like, Oh, thank God. I'm like, what are you doing? You know, you have like the $12 in the bank. You're fine. Um, have you ever developed a strict regimen for paying off your debts or not spend only to break that like rule under pressure? Of course. 
Don't be silly. Under pressure. Dun, I'm not going to spend dun, dun, any dun. this month, any money this month. And I'm like, oh my God, look at that cute candle holder. It's so cute. I need this. It will bring <laughs> me joy. I will be complete if I just have this candle holder. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> do you justify your spending or your debts by telling yourself that you are... <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Telling yourself that you are superior to other people. And when you get your lucky break, you'll be out of debt overnight. I think that's, that this, sounds like someone that wants to go to Hollywood and make it big. Yeah. Or someone who has like a serious personality disorder that is going through like a manic yeah. phase where they're like, everything's yeah. going to be fine. I'm just going to do everything. And tomorrow this imaginary thing is going to happen. I'm going to make it big. The superiority thing, like, just sounds very narcissistic. I don't really understand that part, but okay. Oh, we're done. Okay. So if you have answered yes to eight or more of these questions, chances are you have a problem with compulsive spending or compulsive debt or are well on your way to having one. I did seven. So do I. I have seven. Oh, we're not as fucked up as we thought we were. <laughs> Just ever so slightly less fucked up than we oh thought. Oh my we God. Were. You know what we should do? We should celebrate by going shopping. Let's do it. <laughs> I'll buy you something. You buy me something. And then we won't feel like, oh, that's some- okay. No, we'll get there in a second. Okay. So for people who are having money problems because you have compulsive spending or compulsive debt, like, I don't know what is out there for you. But as I said earlier, there's definitely like spenders, anonymous debtors, anonymous financial advisors. You can speak, like you can access the resources yep. that are out there for you. I'll, I'll do a bit more looking before we post this and I'll try and stick some, some resources in the show notes for people who are having financial issues. Cause they just don't know how to budget. Um, I like to write a budget on paper. I've tried apps. What about you, Megan? Do you follow a budget? Um, no, but anytime that I feel that I'm kind of uh, spiraling into a bad habit or, you know, I've spent too much and then I'm just like, oh, fuck. Um, there, I found a really good template and it was from, uh, there used to be a show, a Canadian show, and her name was Gail Vaughn Oxide. Oxide. And she, it, uh, she would go to people's homes and basically say, tell me how much you make. What do you spend it on? Oh yeah. And they would bring the receipts and then she would make like the little mason jars and everything and say, this is how much you can spend. And people were like, fuck, you know, like, it's like, Oh, you mean I can't afford these seven cars? It's like, no, you can't even afford one. But yeah, she had a really good template and someone had hacked her website like a couple years ago. And so she lost everything. Oh, and I guess, and then she was just like, I guess she was just like, I'm moving on. Like I'm still doing my thing, but I'm not going to bother trying to upload everything. And people were like harassing her on Twitter. Like we need to have your template again. And so she (laughs) put it up at the time. Oh, cool. But I'm trying, I have to try to find it because it, mm-hmm. it was nice because it would break down. I, I just find it's hard to find something that it's like, okay, well, what's if I get paid bi-weekly, but I put um, money into my savings only once a month and I have a payment that comes out every week. Like it's to find that perfect template. Yeah. And I've tried um, 
like some stuff is cool. Like if you put everything on your, if you're good at paying your credit card, which I am not good at, not that I'm not good at paying it, but that I, I'm not good at checking all, sorry, I jumped ahead because what I wanted to say was like, if you're good at evaluating, like this is where one of my weak points is like looking at the statement to see where all the money went every single month. But like some credit card companies, um, it they will actually like American Express shows you this is how much you spent on takeout food, like on restaurants this month. And this is how much you spent on that. So if you oh. use a credit card that does that on your bill, like I really strongly recommend not just that you look and make sure you're not being scammed, but also that you look at that because it's one thing to like be like, oh, I spent a thousand dollars on my credit card this month I need to cut back but like it's another thing if you go like oh my god 500 of those dollars was on takeout or whatever you know on Mm. entertainment or what you know then you can actually go like this is not reasonable I need to like buy groceries and do more cooking or whatever your it depends everybody's priorities are different obviously so I think it's good to do that and I used an app before called mint it's really cool. It connects to your bank account. It's really cool. But what I, why I stopped using it was because it was getting on my nerves. It was like notifying me way too often. Oh, it's because we use our credit card a lot to get points. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't like, I would have to manually put everything in for the credit card and not all the credit card charges were mine. So it's just like not a, yeah. yeah and there was little things like I send my half of the rent to my partner so like the app was just seeing that I spent 600 and whatever dollars that month and it right it was like whoa you're going over budget I'm like it's my rent what it's are you doing? Like, yeah. yeah what were you spending that on so it was I found it a little <laughs> bit um tricky like that um but those kinds of apps for people who like that that definitely um exists and it, and then if you're just doing it on paper, obviously you're just like totaling all your monthly expenses and then looking at your income Yeah. Just, and then you decide like what's going to mortgage payments or rent or car payments or groceries, utilities, entertainment. Yeah. I don't know, like personal care, like your hair, your, whatever you do, your, your debts or your credit cards, your savings. And then you just like figure out how much you can pay for everything. And probably if you never do this, you're going to look at your list and go, holy shit, I, <laughs> I have some changes to make. Ah. Yeah. So obviously this was during COVID, but in the beginning of COVID, like after like a, a few months, we looked at the credit card bill and we're like, well, one of my daughters was also ordering food on my takeout yeah. app. So like, yes, that's right, Megan, you know which one it was. And she... <laughs> So it was fine. I, I told her she could, but, but, but our credit, like Joanne was like, did we seriously spend $700 on takeout last month? You know, like, and I was like, no, not just the two of us, but still that was way too much for three, three. Yeah. So yeah. Again, just speaking of how easy it is. So easy. So easy to order dinner. Now just tell your phone, I want enchiladas and your phone's like done. And then it's like, it's going to cost you this much plus the driver fee, plus the driver's tip, plus the restaurant's tip, plus the app right. service fee or whatever. And then you're like, I'm eating an $80 burrito right now. <laughs> what the hell's going on? 
Um, so yeah, speaking of easy spending, but for you, like, what do you, what do you think, like, what, what stresses you out the most about money aside from it just being hard to have enough of, you know, I, uh, I'm not spending a lot. Everything's okay. But then when you get the credit card bill and you start breaking it down and it's like, oh, well, when I was at the bookstore and I only spent 20 bucks, it was just 20 bucks. But then I also forgot that that was the same month I bought new winter boots. Yeah. And then you go, oh my God, I'm not doing as good. So it's more the, um, like the slap in the face reality check. We're just like, oh shit. But it's like, in my mind, I'm like, I know I've gotten out of wars. I know, you know, as long as I just, be careful but I just hate the fact that I have to get to that point Mm -hmm. you know yeah I I definitely um do that like for sure I do lots of that like oh it's okay I'm just gonna buy this and then like forget like you just said that a few days ago about something else or like you just or this payment's going through this month or you know things like that like I definitely do that and then I'll look at the like I'll look at my credit card bill and be like oh my god like what the hell? And then, but then as I go down it, I'm like, yeah, yeah what I did, did you that? Do? Yeah, I did that too. That was me. That was definitely me, you know? Like, yeah. so that's, yeah, that's really yeah. hard. And I think for me too, I'm just really bad at, um, oh, you know what one of the worst things is? And I know I'm not the only person who has this. I, I try to remind myself to check this stuff from time to time, but like, I will subscribe to so much crap. I'm the worst. I will subscribe. So much stuff. It's so easy, right? And it's nice to get things in the mail. And some of it is like, you know, you're paying for it. You've said yes to this. Like, I want this membership to this thing. But then I'll I'll forget about it and I'll stop using it for like months. And then I'll realize that I just spent like six months paying for something. I don't even like a website or an app or like a whatever that I don't even access. Um, Yeah. Or I'll do like an annual those are the worst. Like I'll sign up for something that charges you once a year. So like, I'll forget about it. And then I'll be like, why is there $90 missing from my bank account? But it's like, because you subscribe to master classes or like ancestry.com or whatever. And I'm like, why? I know. like, Like I needed that hundred bucks. I have a bill to pay or whatever it was. Um, yeah. And like apps, the trial, those freaking trial periods of like get this free for a month and then I'm like okay and then I'll unsubscribe before the month but I never remember to go unsubscribe yeah so either it's shocking it's like you get a notification on your phone like you just paid apple like $67 and I'm like what no I didn't why would I do that and then I go look in my like iTunes or whatever and it's like oh your trial trial period to like I don't know this yoga app or like bedtime story app or some stupid thing that I forgot I even have is over and now I'm being charged like the fee so um yeah I so very strongly recommend to everyone to once in a while, just go back and check through like your apps and like your, your, whatever you get, like newsletters and stuff. Like, do I pay for this? Do I use it still? Am I aware that I'm paying for it? 
am I going to get a surprise when I go to pay my rent and I can't because I just paid for like master classes and ancestry.com instead. Or when you sign up automatically go into your account and not and unclick the automatic renewal. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Because they, they get you now. They're like, it's a free trial, but you have to give us your credit card information. So it's like, yeah. And if you're, if you're good at like, cause I'm like obsessed with my agenda. So I wish I would do this more. Like if you're, if you have like your um, agenda or like if you use your calendar apps or your whatever on your phone, like just set up a notification to yourself to like unsubscribe on this day or whatever you need to do. If it, if it, if it is mm-hmm. going to automatically, um, you know, do that thing or remind you like ancestry.com is coming up next week, your annual bill of $3 trillion, uh, which you never should have paid. Cause that's how you found out your husband is your cousin. Um, so <laughs> I know, Megan, you're not listening to me, but that's, that's fine. I am listening. Anyways. Yeah. So for me, for sure, what you said about like thinking I'm not spending as much money as I actually am. And then also just like spending money that I didn't even realize that I was spending or whatever. Yeah. It's not. And then also like not winning the lottery, obviously not having enough money to live the life I want to live. (laughs) <laughs> but you know what? Soon I'm going to be a motelier and uh motelier. Yes. Yeah. Um, and all of my, my financial trouble, troubles will be over when I buy like an old decrepit building that's falling to the ground and needs millions Absolutely. of dollars of repairs. I think it's a cool idea. I, I like the idea. I, I, I want to see it happen. Ooh, and maybe you can approach like uh like the Canadian film industry and they could do a whole documentary on you flipping this motel and making it like super funky. Because you know what would be so fun about it too is you could you could actually have like retreats there and stuff like that too. Like that's what could be also fun. You could actually use it as a venue for other cool shit. Yeah. Like to support the arts. Exactly. Like writing writing retreats. And exactly. And then like then those writers are going to need to book a room in the hotel that in the motel that you have like a, like you need to have like an actual, like a venue as well for like your activity. But then like those people will have to stay in your motel because they're coming for this activity. And then, yeah, but you just have really cool activities so that you're supporting the arts, like you said, and like meeting cool people that are as cool as you. Yeah. I can't wait to sign up for your first retreat. I'm building my motel in your backyard, Megan. So you'll be there. Don't worry. Okay. I will keep my eyes out for motels around here or any kind of building that you can turn into. Like, would you do like a, like a bed and breakfast or do you want a motel? Well, what I like about a motel is that I don't have to live with my guests and a maid can just go clean their rooms individually and like, Except for you're probably going to have to be the maid the first few years to be able to. I'm so sorry. I don't. I'm just I trying like to help you save money. No, I'm just going to pay my maid with my credit card. I like it. I like it. And then when I file just for tap. bankruptcy, they'll be like, Whoa, how did you acquire this massive debt? And I'll be like, my housekeeper. <clears throat> Was there anything else that you want to talk about about money? I say as though you actually wanted to talk about money. 
Mm, other than uh, the fabulous anxiety that it adds, um, no, uh, everything's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sweet lady. I love you so, so, so very much. I love you too. And I can't wait to see you in person. Me too. I can't wait for real. Okay. Have a good night, my love. Bye. Mm -hmm. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps us out. It makes us more visible to other people who don't know that we're out there, and it makes our community that much bigger, which is great. If you would like more detailed show notes, you can go to our website, we'recrazycreative.com. And if you want to leave us a voicemail, which would be super fun and cool, you can go to anchor.fm slash we're crazy creative we'd love to hear from you and maybe we'll even play your message on one of our upcoming episodes speaking of hearing from you you can also follow us on instagram at we're crazy creative podcast you can find me on instagram at jennifer june chapman and on my website jenniferjunechapman.com for all things vegan i'm on instagram underscore sweet vegan underscore and on the world wide web at sweetvegan.net how about you, Megan? You can find me on Instagram at author.m.redmile or on Facebook, author Megan Redmile. And you can visit my website at meganredmile.com. And you can also find my books on Amazon.